This is the 30th year of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. This show got started 30 years ago because somebody put a bug in my boss's ear that we needed a local fishing show in the Bemidji area. And they cared a lot about fishing in the Bemidji area. And they were the first sponsor. And they are now the presenting sponsor of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, Northland Fishing Tackle. The guy was Dwayne Peterson. He and brother John said, yes, we will support this program. And Dwayne was probably one of, if not my first guests. By the time my boss had decided we were going to do this show and I was going to host it, Dwayne has been my friend and definitely a fishing mentor. And I am thrilled to have him on the show today. in the sand pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man but the wife she just don't understand i love walleye perch trout and bass and if you don't like fishing you can kiss my four stroke right in the back because the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when i'm fishing for bunyan country this is fishing paul bunyan country presented by northland fishing tackle Today, we check in with one of the uh, Minnesota and National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Famers, Dwayne Peterson, one of our uh, favorite people. He has, uh, for a number of reasons, Dwayne, not least of which is you are the first sponsor to our show, and as you noted, probably one of our first guests all those 30 years ago. Boy, I can, I can remember it just faintly, I think. That's a long, long time, and we've <laughs> talked a lot of fishing in those 30 years. Certainly have, and uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, checking in with people over the years. Um, we have different kinds of openers, Dwayne. That's one of the great things about Minnesota. We have beautiful openers. We have snowing openers like we did this year. Uh, but it's always a tremendous uh, event. And I think for some of the reasons we were talking before we went on the air, with all the things going on, people were really excited. Under They didn't care what the weather is like. To get outside and fish, it was a great thing this particular year. It was a real uh, uplifting happening, you notice. To see that our license sales were up over 40%, mid-40% is, is, is unbelievable. And, and to see the people that were out despite the weather, you know, uh, we've been cooped up for so long that we needed an excuse to, to gather a little bit and be safe doing it and get out in the elements and and I, uh, you know, I've got some mixed reports in, in my fishing report for the weekend, but, but I never heard a sour word from a soul that fished this weekend. No, I don't, uh, I don't doubt it. And, you know, I think one of the things that was really very exciting, and certainly for you, who's been uh, on this particular bandwagon since I've known you, those youth uh, fishing licenses were up record numbers, which means that even those 15 and under were probably out in record numbers, too, and that is a good thing, if nothing else. Well, for sure, and, and I think that, uh, you know, maybe this this uh, homeschooling or, or uh, educating from a distance there created some of that, and they find that, you know, fishing and recreating outdoors is is and probably should be part of our curriculum, you know, the to uh, to teach the kids about the outdoors and to turn them on to the outdoors and and the schools uh, you know have done a reasonably good job of that and, and getting better at it so so maybe this uh, this whole experience is going to be positive as far as the participation of kids. 
Let's hope so, and and uh, let's let's talk a little bit about this past weekend. You said it's a mixed report, so uh, how did it go for you and and those you were fishing with? Well, I would, you know, I would call it a very mediocre opening weekend. Uh, you know, from both a weather standpoint and a fishing mm-hmm. standpoint, in all honesty, probably as slow an opener for walleye fishing as I've had in in several several years, and and I moved around a little bit and I've talked to a lot of people, but I've had really slow fishing so far quite honestly, uh, and I don't know, uh, you know, I'm fishing history to some degree, but, but I do have a little uh, aggressive uh, mode to my fishing as well, but uh, I haven't connected yet, and uh, my reports are, you know, are very, very mixed. You know, we had good reports in the, in the circles that I travel from, Good reports from Mille Lacs, of course, and from Red Lake, which was was uh, pretty darn good, and lots of people. And, and uh, Leech Lake, the reports were pretty good from over there, from the guys that I talked to. Uh, Winnie had had some good reports, but it seems like those lakes in between, you know, the the traditional lakes that that I depend on opening weekend, like Irvine and Kitchy, Andrusia, you know, Wolf, and even Black Duck Lake, were off a little bit from what, what we're used to seeing. The upside is that, that uh, it's going to get better. It's, it's going to get better every day. I had 48.5 degrees uh, as a high on Lake Bemidji yesterday. hasn't even hit 50 degrees yet. And and uh, the water temperature is key. You know, the walleyes are there, and they will bite, but they're, they're, uh, they're a little bit moody. They tend to bite more just before dusk or after dark. And and uh, it, it, the warming of the water and some south wind and some sun is going to make a big difference. And so, so my my encouragement to everybody that fished last weekend and maybe had a little slow slow fishing like I did. By the way, we did have enough fish to get a couple of good fish fries in, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> but I think if if they, if they hang tight and and go back again this this weekend and and the, the closer we get to Memorial Weekend and that first week in June, the better the fishing will get. And it, it's, it happens every single year that that opening weekend, very early opener with the 9th of May and uh, a late cold spring uh, just simply has, has uh, put those fish in a bit of a funk, I think. And, and uh, it, it's going to get better for sure with warming water, sunshine, and some south wind. We are certainly supposed to have some of that as the week wears on, and it should be decent weather by the weekend, so that, that definitely would be helpful. So where would you suggest people start their weekend, not necessarily a lake, but where you know what types of depths and things like that? Well, well I would start the same place that I, that I did on opening weekend. You know, they were in the right place, uh, mm-hmm. the traditional you know, current areas, shallow, sandy uh, shoreline areas where there's been some spawning going on. It's traditional spots. It just they just weren't ready to bite very good last weekend in my mind. Uh, so I would say, you know, uh, current areas uh, uh, for sure, and then shorelines that are that are shallow and sandy and rocky. Uh, very traditional opening weekend walleye spots should be just as good, or should be a lot better this weekend, I should say, than they were last weekend. I expect. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, Kevin. I was just going to say, I expect you probably are going to recommend a fireball jig. Well, for sure, and, <laughs> and there's a lot of other lot of, lot of other good jigs out there that perform too. You know, remember a jig's purpose of a jig is to serve as a vehicle to present your live bait, and the fireball just happens to be one of the front runners and a very good one and available. You know, both in short shank and long shank. Now, I prefer the short shank, but 
they've they've been real popular with that with the long shank. But there's a lot a lot of different jigs that work. But but also, you know, there's a lot of fish to be caught just on a live bait rig. You know, with a with a traditional slip sinker and a and a snelled uh, a hook and a and a snelled shiner or even a crawler or, or even a leech. Uh, you know, right now. So there's there's a lot of different ways to catch them, and and the the jig serves as a vehicle to get you know get the the, the bait away from the boat. And get it to the bottom and and present it in a you know in a in an attractive way. Uh, talking about you know traditional ways to catch catch these fish, everybody's been talking about shiner minnows and and uh, the different types of bait that's available and uh, at a premium for the most part right now because the cold water has not allowed for good trapping of these shiners. But uh, we, we did get shiners this weekend. They have been available, uh, but uh, it seems like they're, they run out in a hurry because there, there's been more demand than there has been availability. But that, too, will improve. But, uh, you know, rainbows work good. Fatheads work good. Sucker minnows work good. Uh, the trick is to keep them lively and, and present the right size minnow. And, and, I mean, we get hung up on shiner minnows. I think they're the ultimate, but... I'm still not afraid to fish with a, you know, with a, with other types of minnows. I think I was, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I, I said, you know, for me, um, I like a ribeye steak. But <laughs> if I'm hungry enough and there's a nice sirloin there, I'll eat that too, right? Exactly. No, that's uh, one of your other guests here made mention the last day or two or three here where if you have a hungry walleye and you put that, that bait in front of them. I don't think they can decipher between a shiner and a fathead or, or a rainbow. Uh, if you put it in front of them and they're, they're ready to eat, they'll, they'll eat it. And so it's fun to think that, uh, that we're fishing with the ultimate bait. And, and I've contended for many, many years at early season, uh, you know, a stand up fireball jig with a, with a three inch shiner minnow is just about hard to beat. Fished real slow and shallow sand, the six to nine feet and, and drag it away from the boat quite a ways, and a slow, slow pace is pretty hard to beat. Okay. Um, you know, your company, Northland, they, they're always um, innovating, coming up with new things. Is there anything new out there that you've seen recently that you really like? Well, they've, they've, uh, they've made some changes to this butterfly spinner. Uh, I can't even remember what they call it right now, but it's a it's a a, uh, a spinner blade that's plastic and it revolves at a very very slow pace uh, or slow speed, and they they put it in front of a you know a night crawler or uh, or even a leech or a minnow. But that, that's uh, I can't even remember what they call that. I, I should I should know it, but I don't. I'm a little bit removed from some of the development over there right now, and and, and that's a good thing. But uh, that's notable. Uh, I think the the uh, in the jig line they've constantly got you know new colors and new shapes. And we built that company with with jigs, you know, and different sizes and shapes of jigs, and then multiple colors that were that were trendy or popular. And they've continued to do that. But their lineup of products has continued to expand, and and uh, they can pretty much offer anything that you might have a need for in in live bait rig fishing uh for sure coming up later the lake of the week but up next more with Dwayne peterson we talk bass this is fishing paul bunyan country presented by northland fishing tackle
Christian Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. We're celebrating our 30th year, and one of the guests that have been around all 30 of those years is Dwayne Peterson. We're talking with him today. I know that the last few years we've had a, a catch-and-release bass rule in that that allows you to do that same time as the walleye opener. Do you take advantage of that? I know you're a big bass guy. Yeah, I do. I, I haven't yet this year. It's only been a few few days, and I prefer to walleye fish here this, this first week. The boys have been fishing bass some, and, uh, you know, we've we've surely uh, found uh, that the bass and the panfish have not moved up on the banks yet. It's just too cold. I, I can monitor that a little bit from my dock on the lake I live on where I can kind of tell what kind of activity is taking place in and around my dock as to whether these you know, the, the bass and the panfish have moved to to the banks or not, and, and they really haven't. They're staging just outside, you know, the bays. Some have moved in, of course, but uh, just uh, the water's been a little bit too cold for that to happen, too. But I love the uh, the early season bass opener, you know, in conjunction with the walleye fishing, and, and the vast majority of the largemouth bass and smallmouth bass that are caught are released anyway. Uh, there's very, very few people that keep them. We've got so many other good fish to, to forage on or to eat, and you know, with the crappies and the walleyes and the pike and the perch. There are just so many fish that are better eating than the, than the bass are. So I don't think that it hurts a bit to, to have that season open early, and it's actually pre-spawn. That's, what, that's the mode that they're in right now. They haven't spawned yet and, and haven't even moved up uh, to the shallow water yet, so... So I like that early season opener, and, and I've definitely taken advantage of it. I haven't yet this year, but I sure do well in the next few days. Okay. You know, one of the things about uh, the, what we were talking about earlier, a lot more kids getting out there fishing, it, it appears. Um, one of the key things, if you're going to have them out there, make sure they're having a good time. Uh, make sure they have good experiences when they're fishing. For sure. that That's, that's paramount. I think the... The, uh, the whole experience is what we try to teach uh, from the preparation to the, you know, the storytelling that goes before and after and, and the gathering of, uh, you know, to do it with your friends and your family for sure is, is important. And, and, you know, it's not always about the catching, but it really, really helps hook people on fishing is to, to have some success. And, and sometimes to have success in fishing, you've got to pursue what's, what's available and what's biting. And that's one of the reasons that we encourage, you know, don't don't turn your nose up at perch or, or bluegills or crappies or or even small pike. You know, everybody wants the almighty walleye, and that's fine. But uh, it, it, there's nothing wrong with uh, with catching, uh, no matter what the species might be. And and uh, and I think sometimes we we approach our fishing with kids too aggressively. We need to back off a little bit and have some fun with a boat ride and and stopping for a burger and and uh, enjoying some of the things that, that nature's got to offer out there. Absolutely. Great advice. All right, so we're heading into the weekend. Uh, we're going to get out there and do some fishing this weekend. Uh, one more time, where should we start and what should we use? Well, first of all, don't be discouraged if you had slow fishing last weekend like i did i'm i'm fired up i'm i'm good to go i'm going to fish the same way i did last weekend it'll be with a uh, with an eighth ounce stand-up fireball uh in bright colors and i i'll have a shiner minnow on that uh on that stand-up fireball if i can get them if not 
it'll be some other type of minnow, and I'll be fishing around the, 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 the river mouths that dump into the lakes where there's still some current. I'll be looking for shallow shorelines that have got rock and gravel and, and maybe have some wind on them. Uh, the wind is a pretty important factor when the fish are shallow. Uh, my key depths will be six to nine feet and, and occasionally shallow, or uh, occasionally shallower than that, but not so much, and maybe a little bit deeper than that too. But, but I'm not going to give up on the traditional shallow water, jig and minnow, early season bite, and I'll stick with that till that water temperature gets well up in the 50s. And that would be, and, and as far as lakes, you know, we have so many good choices surrounding us here. Uh, you know, I mentioned the, I mentioned a few of them that, that are always dependable early season with Lake Irvin being near the top of the list and, and Kitchy and Andrusia. We mentioned that Wolf Lake, Black Duck, uh, that Lake Bemidji is slow to start, but, but will be coming onto its own here in the next week or so. But there's just so many options for us. Red Lake is just as good as it gets if you can tolerate the traffic. I talked to a lot of guys that were there. Uh, and and they had great fishing, but, boy, they had a 45-minute wait to get their rigs in. But that's okay. The reason there's so many people there is the fishing is so good. Really and uh, some, sometimes you've got to tolerate the traffic to get the best fishing. So lots of opportunities out there, and and, uh, and uh, you just got to go get it. And, 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 by the way, you know, there's some shore fishing available. If you look around and research the docks that are available, the shoreline fishing along the riverbanks, uh, that area between Lake Bemidji and Lake Irvin has been packed with people, and they caught a lot of fish there last weekend. Uh, and uh, that's just one example. So go for it. You know, go for it, and, and I'll guarantee it'll be better than it was last weekend. All right. Dwayne Peterson, Hall of Famer, both the Minnesota Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, and one of our great friends of the show. Dwayne, thanks for the time today, and uh, enjoy your time out there this weekend. Thank you. This week's lake is Stony Lake, which is over in the Walker Area Fisheries Office auspices. Doug Schultz joining me. He is the uh, Area Fisheries Manager over there. Uh, Doug, thanks again for stopping by today. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Kev. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about Stony Lake. Whereabouts are we going to find that lake? Uh, just east of Hackensack, a couple miles. And a uh, real nice, uh, real clear lake, uh, really good water quality. Uh, it's about 560 acres in size, a little over six miles of shoreline on it, and a uh, maximum depth of 50 feet. It's got really good vegetation around it, uh, pretty much a sand gravel type of bottom. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned it's pretty clear. It's usually got a summer secchi depth in the 20-foot range. And uh, more recently, the last few years, it's been closer to 25 feet. So uh, just a really good, you know, high-quality lake that you think of up in, in northern Minnesota. So what, what, did you, what did you mean by that? That's, what, what, what was that phrase you used? Uh, which one? You're About 25 feet? Oh, the secchi depth or yeah. water clarity. Okay. Yep. okay. Water, water clarity is, is uh, traditionally hanging around 20 feet, but, uh, you know, the last few years it's been closer to 25 feet. Okay. Wow. A lot of fish on that lake. Uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, fish we like to fish for, crappies, bluegills, uh, plenty of uh, plenty of bass there, both the large and smallmouth bass. Uh, so um, some real good opportunities out there, it looks like. Yeah, it's, it's really turned into a gem of a smallmouth lake. 
Um, you know, and that's uh, probably the one, the species anyway, who's benefiting the most right now from, from those changes in the water clarity. Uh, back in 2004, we actually implemented a 20 to 20, uh, 12 to 20 inch protected slot limit on largemouth bass. And uh, that did a pretty good jo- job of moving the needle on average size, but uh, we removed that regulation in t- 2014 because we didn't have uh, support from the public for continuing it. Uh, we actually had first sampled smallmouth in our gear uh, in 2006 after that uh, slot limit was already in place. And uh, even though we had rumors of, of you know occasional smallmouth being caught by anglers as early as the 1960s back there, um, smallmouth, for whatever reason, have really taken off in that system. And uh, it's turned into one of our very best smallmouth lakes that we have around here in the Walker area. Uh, size quality is, is exceptional. Uh, we saw fish uh, in the mid-teens with some fish approaching the 20-inch mark, and, and the density is pretty good as well. Okay. What about northern pike? Looks like there's a lot of them. Yeah, that's uh, abundance has always been on the high side in that lake, uh, usually in the 10 fish per net range or higher. And uh, most of the fish have traditionally been under 24 inches long, and that's really you know what we saw in the last survey as well. Uh, we usually do see a few fish uh, 30 inches and up. Uh, in fact, this last survey we saw two at 35 inches in 2018. Um, and just a reminder, everybody, you know the pike zone regulation uh, applies to this lake as well, and it's another lake we're hoping you know we can move the needle over time. So all uh, all pike under the pike zone for north central. Uh, region, uh, all pike 20 to 22 to 26 inches long, you'd be released. Possession limit is 10 fish with no more than two fish over 26 inches. Okay. Um, looks like there's a few walleye in there, not a ton, but uh, but uh, those that are in there seem to be pretty decent size. Yeah, traditionally this was actually a pretty robust walleye population with really good natural reproduction that uh, actually did better. Uh, during the 1990s and 2000s when we stopped stocking the lake. And, uh, you know, the gillnet catchery, it was hanging around 10 fish per net, which is wow. one of our better ones around here. Um, recruitment started declining in 2010, and uh, we've we've moved to fingerling stocking starting in t- 2014 uh, to try to boost it. Uh, the catch rate in the last survey in 2018 was less than 3 fish per net, which is a historical low. So uh, at least the first two initial fingerling stockings that we did in 2014 and 16 uh, didn't contribute much uh, so far. Uh, the fish we did sample, walleyes, um, ranged from 11 to 22 inches. And um, the biggest group of fish sampled uh, would be right around 21 inches probably this, this summer. Any idea on why the uh, numbers went down? No, that's that's not one we've been able to nail down because the pike have always been high. Uh, you know, the the big one is perch have really tanked out there. And, and, in fact, we've sampled less than two perch per net in the last two surveys. So that's probably got a lot to do with it. In the meantime, the uh, the smallmouth maybe have taken up uh, the space that used to be occupied by walleyes. Yeah, and we're seeing that in, in a lot of places across the upper Midwest, not just in Minnesota, but Wisconsin. Michigan's dealing with it, too, as, as we start getting these clearer lakes. Uh, you know, that's less favorable habitat for walleye, and smallmouth really seem to do well in those environments. Okay. Um, so is this a well-developed lake, or, we, or is this one of those we can get out of the way of uh, all the boats and busyness? 
No, this one's fairly well developed. Though the, the the surface traffic, I don't think, is too bad. At least during the week, you know, weekends and holidays might be a little different. Okay, if we want to give it a try. Uh, where are we going to find that access? Uh, we have a state-owned public access on the South Shore Line, so from Hackensack, go east on County Road Five towards Longville, about two miles, and turn north on the 40th Avenue, and the access will be on the left, about two miles up the road. And I'll just add to Kev, you know, we don't have any invasive species in that lake that we know of, but uh, folks should obviously continue to to practice good um, good practices uh, for not moving uh, new critters around. Right. I mean, we talk. Uh, we we know that you know a lot of our big uh, popular lakes have seen some, but uh, we forget that uh, uh, well over what eighty to ninety percent of our waters still don't have AIS in them. So it's still important. Absolutely. All right, Doug, anything else we need to know about uh, Stony Lake before we wrap it up? Uh, if that's one you want to give a try for smallmouth, that'd be on the top of my list. It's, it's a good one. Okay. Doug Schultz from the Walker Area's Fisheries Office. Our Lake of the Week is Stony near uh, Hackensack. And, Doug, thank you so much for your time today. Yep, appreciate it, Kevin. Fish tail, Bob Barn, yeah. Country, country.